Hey, you guys, welcome back to the Obsessed Podcast. It's Mick, Gareth, and Gia. Like I said, welcome back or welcome if you're new. So I just wanted to say thank you and welcome back to everybody, to everyone who supported us from day one till now. We just wanted to say that we're super appreciative. We are so grateful. We are so happy and thankful that you have chosen to listen to this podcast. I think we knew in the back of our minds that the last two episodes, the JLo episode and the Derek Jeter episode would do pretty well, but it just kind of surpassed our expectations. It was a little bit drama filled, but it was nice. It was nice to be validated with all these newer people uh, coming in and listening to us and discovering us. And we're so grateful that you guys are here. Yeah, we knew it was going to be a little bit of a moment we didn't know it was going to be like as dramatic in the comments okay so in my opinion I didn't think it was going to be as like so much of a thing I feel like we really kept it very much about the evidence and the music but I feel like a lot of the negativity in the comments was about something different yeah so we just wanted to say thank you to everyone who actually listened to the whole episode and like gave us positive feedback came on negative feedback but thank you to the haters for actually engaging in our post you actually helped us out a lot we had a tiktok that gareth made uh with shantae morgo viral and it brought a lot of you to us so thank you haters we appreciate you and we enjoy you. No, it was funny to me though, because all of the posts that had like hundreds of thousands and thousands and then a hundred thousand clicks or whatever, all of the comments were like super negative. And I was just like, well, then why do they have so many views? Like it was just so weird to me. And it was obviously because the comments are feeding the algorithm, but it was like so overwhelmingly negative that it was like, oh girl, like I was, I was nervous. It was a lot. It was a lot. I stopped reading the comments because they were all so negative, but we genuinely have to thank the haters because they made the new listener now to discover us because of them, because they made that TikTok go so viral. So thank you, haters. Thank you. Yes, thank you for those that have seen the engagement and thank you for those that have been interested in what we've got to say and even the negative comments and the positive comments and the constructive comments. It's all been very interesting to sort of read, especially the negative ones. They've not really gone anywhere. So I sort of zoned out those ones, like they're saying things for the sake of saying it, which is fine. But then we're here for it all. So thank you for the engagement. Yeah, I wanted to add, because I said this to Gia earlier, I understand why people would be upset about us, quote unquote, exposing JLo. But I said this to Gia, if it were Mariah Carey and people were trying to expose Mariah Carey, we'd be in the comments saying negative things, too. So we get that. (laughs) If If it was Mariah Carey that was doing anything this shady, you can imagine that the whole world would be dropping on her like a ton of bricks. I feel like she gets the 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 shitty end of the stick sometimes in these situations. And yet, as it sits in reality, Jennifer Lopez is not she's called out for it occasionally yes and it just it just doesn't seem to have too much weight people are easy to forget about it but if it was Mariah people would be remembering that shit forever so that's so funny we should have brought that up on the episode oh my gosh yeah but that's but that's an amazing segue into what we are talking about today though because people (laughs) went really hard (laughs) yeah (laughs) what are we talking about today you guys All right, Lambs, today we're going to be talking about and breaking down Mariah's three iconic performances from Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve. All right, well, let's get into it. There was uh, Mariah's first performance in 2005 on Dick Clark's Rockin' Eve was actually a very important one. And Gia, you brought this to my attention because I didn't really know that Mariah was the first person to perform live in Times Square on New Year's Eve in 34 years in 2005. I had no idea that that was a thing. It's kind of almost like a Mandela effect to me that I always thought that there were people always live in Times Square, but I obviously was wrong. No, she started the whole, I feel like, um, big performance before the ball drop moment. 
So when people bitch at her about the like kind of shitty performance, I'm like, okay, well, she already had a really good one. So chill. A lot of lambs don't know about this performance though. I remember it really well. Were you there? Like um, in the Mimi era? Like, I mean, because you went to the Good Morning America performance. Like, were you in Times Square? No, 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 no. I actually had snuck into a bar that night because they were the only bar showing. I knew that she was supposed to perform that night. So, because I was young, I wasn't even 21 yet. So I snuck into a bar with my friends. I remember I was drinking a lot of Miller Lite and right before 12, Mariah pops up on the on the screen and I just was so gagged. And so were the people in the bar. They were really excited for, you know how the vibe is like right before 12 a.m. on New Year's Eve. But Mariah came out. At, yeah, she started singing again at 1141. She started with the fantasy remix intro. So I think that is what made the bar that I was at go crazy because everybody loved that song. And then the first song she went right into, It's Like That. This was a seamless one. This was so different from the one that we're about to get into. And then she went into Shake It Off and then ended with the We Belong Together remix. And it was it was perfect. It was amazing. And there's something that I want to add to this because she kind of has a pattern throughout these all three of these performances where she's wearing this big white coat thing and she's kind of kept that on theme for each performance that she has performed in on new year's eve i don't know if y'all have noticed that i did she kind of keeps it the same like with the white furry moment and then like a sparkly nudish ensemble yeah okay do you remember this one i do remember this one obviously it was um a huge moment for her it was a huge moment for me so i was really happy that she actually got to do this it was very sort of like beyonce kind of style outfit but like i get what you mean there's always this kind of like feather boa-esque moment going on with her new year's eve performances i do feel like that sort of leaked into her live performances here and there but obviously not as much i really liked it had i heard yeah, I had heard the we belong together remix at this point but this was around the time where she was re-releasing about or about to re-release. I can't remember the exact moment. I remember it was in winter when she re-released the Emancipation of Mimi uh, platinum version with the bonus track. So I do remember this. And I do remember it was Curly Raya and she was wearing this sparkly fringe dress. She looked good. It was, this to me was her best New Year's Eve performance ever. And it's legendary in television history. Okay, but one thing I want to point out, this performance is completely lip synced. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. I'm only saying that because I want to point out she probably did it because she had to. Like, the weather is freezing. It's not the condition you want to be singing in. She's outside and it's for the camera. The only reason why it's her best one is because it was played straight and it was done very well. And it's good songs. It's very New Year's Eve playlist oh i like this performance because this is coming off one of the best years that mariah carey ever had if i can explain to you the vibe that i felt during 2005 for mariah carey and how happy i was for her and how proud i was as a lamb her performing this at the very end opening up into 2006 was fucking everything to me I almost wanted to cry. Especially after what we got previously before 2005. Like, we've said it before, we've got our own, like, favourite moments, but because they didn't really quite hit the same way as what we were used to with Mariah, this really felt, like, deserved. It, It was a real humbling, but yet overwhelmingly deserving moment for her. I always felt like... I was quite worried about this time because um, I thought, is is she going to bow out after this? I didn't have anything in my head like about another album coming next or whether the album was going to not do as well. I, that didn't occur to me. I just thought, hopefully she doesn't stop after this. Um, hopefully she doesn't like go straight back into movies after this. I wanted to keep going, but I thought I just had this weird... Around this time, though, a lot of my favourite artists, I always felt like I was buying their last album, so I needed to rush out and get it the day it came out i don't know why but yeah this was an iconic end to an iconic year for her that was perfectly put like you 
stole the words out of my mouth because the feeling that I had between 2002 and 2004 leading up into the emancipation of Mimi, I was so hopeless for Mariah Carey. Mm -hmm. I was constantly defending her, constantly, constantly defending her. And I was, when the emancipation of Mimi happened and we had 2000, it was probably my favorite year as a lamb, if I could sum it up, because it, it was almost like it was Christmas every single day. Okay. It really was. I can't even explain how good it felt to know that my 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 diva, my chick, my everything, my the soundtrack to my life was getting what she really, really deserved and bringing in all these new fans and all these new lambs and hearing Mariah Carey everywhere you went. This, I, 2005 to me is probably one of my favorite years of my life. Probably a lot to do with this. So it, it was such a nice, nice moment for her. But this leads up into the next New Year's Eve performance, which was a little bit different. The 2016 performance that everybody knows about. But isn't the New Year's Eve performance really special to you, Gia? Because isn't this how you really kind of became a lamb, oddly enough? Okay, so technically, yes, this is where I would say, this is where I would say I became, yeah, a hardcore fan. This is when I turned into like a fan into a lamb. And we can definitely get into that for sure. But yes, that is definitely what happened in this moment. Again, New Year's Eve is also my birthday as well. But which performance made you alarm when you say that? Surely not the 2015-16 one or whichever one it was. Yes, absolutely. The one, the one <laughs> in 2016 where with all the memes and the uh, the onesie and the red bottoms and the we belong together and the emotions. Yes, that one with the whistle notes in the background. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, that performance. And let the audience sing. And let the audience sing. And that was amazing. And um, well, it went to number one. So it is what it is. Yes, that performance. That performance. That was when I crossed over. That's when I had my crossover <laughs> moment. And I went from hardcore fan of Mariah Carey to, oh, I'm a lamb now. And I know that that's a weird time to change. But if you put into perspective from when I became a fan of Mariah, which was about like 2015, maybe late 2014, early 2015, it makes sense because I'm just getting into all of her music. And a lot of people know if you've heard like our first episode, I was in like a relationship type sequestered, very daydream sing sing moment. So when I got out of that and I was like super here for Mariah Carey, she's like my light, the one guiding me out of the hole, the darkness, you know, we're, we're pretty enveloped in the music at this point. It's all about the music and not about what's going on around all of that. And like, it was very much, I was very much only into the past Mariah. I, I wasn't hip on what was going on currently with her. I had known certain things about her, but I had a very, my image of Mariah was very much like skewed one way, if that makes any sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because before I was a lamb, I had this image of Mariah made up for me by the media that was like, oh, Mariah can't sing anymore. Mariah is like, she's like, has been, she's like always lip syncing and she's like, not even like, she's not it girl she's not it so when I found Mariah and when I like really realized Mariah and I saw Mariah and I heard Mariah and I was like you know I don't know how to describe it you guys there's so many moments there's so many moments this is when I became a lamb okay but I became a lamb after she performed though so long story short basically I was like just obsessed with Mariah's music and I didn't keep up with her in real time and that was in my opinion that's like what shifted after this performance so it was new year's eve 
2016, the end of a very shitty year. I think Donald Trump had just been elected president. God, that feels like such a weird thing to say. And it was like so long, it was so long ago at this point. Like, oh my gosh, it feels like a whole different world. But yeah, so he had just been elected president. The world is like falling apart. Everyone's tripping out. And Everyone was dying as well that year. Yeah, all the celebrities were dying. And then, and then yeah, everyone was dying because that turned into a meme. Mariah, oh, I'm just getting into Mariah this year. So I, a specific thing that I did was I watched all of Mariah Carey's performances at Caesar's Palace. Every night she performed, I would go and watch the YouTube bootlegs of it. And every night she would perform emotions. I thought it was all completely live. I thought she slayed it. And I was like, why does everyone say Mariah can't sing anymore? <laughs> it's amazing. Mariah's amazing. I love Mariah. Mariah, Mariah, Mariah. I was obsessed mm-hmm. with her. Well, I guess I was keeping up with her in real time then if I was watching all of the all of the infinity performances. The but okay. So I think of I still think of it as me crossing over because I wasn't watching this performance live when it happened. I was having a birthday party at my house at the time. I was like living like downtown in my city. I I was living in this big house. It was pretty much like a frat house. It was a total mess. And my party was lit, you guys. This party was banging. Oh, girl. If I told you all of the tea about this party, this podcast might have to get shut down, girl, because this party was like lit, girl. So I was not keeping up with this performance in real time. But what, what happened in real time after this performance, my phone... My phone started blowing the fuck up because of the performance. I thought somebody fucking died. I thought my dad died. I thought my mom died. I thought somebody fucking was killed. Like, I thought there was like a terrorist attack, an Amber Alert. I didn't know what was going on. And then it was like the performance, the performance. I I go, (laughs) I go to like a small room, like a bathroom or something. Because this party is a fucking rager, you guys. I'm drunk out of my fucking mind. And I go try to watch the like, like a bootleg of the video on YouTube. And I watch like a couple clips of it and like try to make out what's going on. And all I could be like was like, oh my gosh, she looks amazing. I don't even see what's wrong. Like I didn't even get what was wrong for like the first little bit. And then, ooh. But yeah, I feel the same way that you felt because I remember watching it in real time. I was a little tipsy and I just remember thinking Mariah's career was over. I went back to go look at a Facebook that I post and I posted, wow, I'm really feeling for Mariah right now. I've never seen such a disastrous thing happen ever in her career, ever. And I've been a hardcore fan for 23 years. Well, I guess a lot of people are losing some jobs here soon. Really solid way to start 2016. I was literally mouth breathing. I couldn't believe it. Like I said in my post, this is a really solid way to start 2016. And 2016 was a terrible year for me. I'm I'm all about like karma and everything and foreshadowing. So that to me was just like, ugh. Well, wait, wait, no. Nick, I'm all about the foreshadowing and stuff too. And it happened on my birthday. And I was like, oh, fuck, I'm like gonna die or something. That's how I felt. Exactly. That's how I felt, too. You weren't able to watch it live, were you, Gareth? It wasn't on TV. It's not like it's live uh, on um, live television over here. I guess there's some way of streaming it. I don't know. I woke up the next morning on New Year's Day. And I was just like seeing all these things. I thought, what? I didn't even know she was performing. So I hadn't even seen that she was performing on this. So... It was all everywhere, all over social media, people making these jokes, thought, what the hell happened? So I was like trying to find out. And then there was all these like really bad, well not bad, but they weren't bad videos, but it was just like, if you didn't know anything about it, you couldn't just go watch it for yourself and get your own opinion. You were watching all these videos where people are just talking over. And um, there was a thing on Wikipedia where they'd said that she, they'd put like the birth date, they'd said that she died with a date of New Year's Eve, 2016, saying that, died of embarrassment and I was looking at all this I just thought what the hell and so I found eventually someone had recorded it from their phone while it was on television or something it was really like bad quality but you could still sort of see what was going on so I thought okay I'll watch this because no one's talking over it and I was just like ah 
I was so embarrassed and I kind of felt the same way. I kind of thought, is this it then? Like, I can't imagine how, you know, we just had, well, not just had, but we had had Mia and Mariah. That was a whole moment. We'd also had the Infinity slash Nightmare Stella stuff. And that was its whole thing. And so then this happened and it was just sort of like... I think and also um, that one performance, the Rockefeller, did somebody say that already? No. Yeah, that one was like a really huge meme already. So then when the New Year's Eve one happened, I was like, oh my fucking God, we just got rid of the like, like the ripple effect of the Rockefeller. Now this one, she's like, it's so much worse. It's so much worse in my opinion. But I mean, can you blame her for not even singing though? No, I can't. But for the audience, the Rockefeller performances, we're talking about her um performing uh all i want for christmas is you i'm sure you've seen it all over the internet where they just took out the music and played mariah's live vocals but the worst parts the worst parts edited together exactly the best way i can wrap this up is how i felt while watching this and after it happened is i felt the same way i felt when mariah had her quote-unquote breakdown during the glitter era i felt literally defeated from Mariah. And I kind of went to a place in my head as to where I was thinking, I don't know how she'll ever recover from this. Well, even to this day, that's her, like, in my opinion, that's her last most iconic performance. Like, yeah, she did come back the next year and we will get into that. But how many people saw that versus the other one? Like, let's be real. That's like her biggest viral moment since life. Millions and millions of people have seen it. But let's talk about what happened. Yeah, let's get into it. Well, uh, allegedly, Mariah was saying that her earpiece wasn't working. And she famously didn't do a sound check before this. But there was footage of her on stage in like the gold shades and the gold jacket doing some kind of like rehearsal moment. No, the gold jacket... Wait, you guys, the gold jacket, that was the next year. I'm pretty sure that was her rehearsing hero for the next year. Well, gold jacket or not, there was a video that was out there of her being in and out real quick, not really going through anything. Because Mariah literally really doesn't move around on stage a lot during this. It's more for her back background dancers. You know what I'm saying? Okay, yeah. So let's get into the, yeah, the performance then. All right, well, it starts off with the New Year's song uh, with the feathers, and immediately it's not in sync with her lip sync. So you can really tell that something was wrong because Mariah kept reaching for her ear. And from there, it goes into emotions, and this is where it, like, completely starts falling apart. Going off the rails, yeah. Yeah. Mariah immediately takes out her earpiece and says, I guess I'm just walking out and walks to the front of the stage. <laughs> no, and she, says, said, she said, just walk me down. That's yeah. Oh, yeah. Just walk me down. Yeah. And then she walks to the front of the stage and says, all right, we didn't have a check for this one. So we'll just say it went to number one, which became and it is what it is. Yeah. And it, and it, that became kind of like an iconic meme for her as well. Uh, Mariah starts panicking. You can see in her faith that she's just like already over it. And she says, let the audience sing and just walks around the stage in a very awkward kind of pissed off stage. She then says, get these monitors on, please. And the whole time the background of emotions is going off the sing the song the music of it is playing and then it, while she's talking during the hi, the high note from emotions is playing the whistle notes so it gives away the gag yeah and she's just standing there like shocked it was it was bad it was really bad then brian tries grabbing mariah and she's not having it and then she just says <laughs> <laughs> then, then Ryan says, "Just relax. Let's do the dip." And then, the, <laughs> so she does her little dip. <laughs> the song ends, and she famously says, "That was amazing." amazing. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, so uh, let me tell you guys what I was thinking when I first watched this all the way through. 
I was thinking, holy shit, this is going on for so fucking long, so long. Like, this is, this, it was so long. And then I remember there was a news report. They were like, it, she, she, they said she famously bombed a seven minute set, which is an eternity on live TV. And that's all I could think was like, wow, this is going on forever and ever. There's no end to it. And it's only getting worse. I can't fucking believe it. I don't know why she didn't like run off fucking stage and like have a moment like a huge fit. I don't know why. But it was it was a lot. It was a lot. But okay. So after emotions, we belong together comes in the song starts playing and they put yeah, a little so, so right when you thought it couldn't get any worse it gets worse like it keeps going yeah yeah so they put a little skirt over her because at first she was wearing like a nude little onesie and then they put a little nude little skirt over her onesie and then it, now it's a nude little dress which is very of the time oh my gosh the 2010s everyone was living for their motherfucking see-through Marilyn Monroe, Beyonce, Met Gala moment. But um, yeah, so they go through, we belong together. At first, she's like trying to do it and she's like lip syncing it and she's kind of on beat and it sounds good. Or I mean, it, it's obviously the CD. She says something like, this is just the album version. So I'm just going to sing along to it. Well, not sing, but we're just going to have a moment. And at first she's like having her moment and going along with it. And then at one point she's just like, fuck it. I'm so over it. And she just like lets the mic drop like from her mouth and gives away the gag again. But yeah, she just knows it's it's a wrap. Yeah, and she I doesn't remember really help her case. No, she doesn't. Because like when she walks to the right of the stage and she's doing We Belong Together, it was kind of, like you said, kind of in sync, but you know Mariah was so fucking frustrated. And right when she dropped that mic from her face and then she walked down the stairs, because she had a few moments in this performance where she would turn her back to the audience and walk back like she was about to give up, but she kept on trucking oh, through yeah. it until the very end. And yeah, then you could she, tell just, she wanted to fucking leave, but she powered through, which is commendable. Like, I would have been like, bitch, fuck this. Like, because you could tell she was like, what the fuck? what the fuck she was like somebody's getting fired like literally, <laughs> literally she was so over it by we belong together what were your thoughts on this gareth well it was very painful obviously i think we've uh, everybody thinks the same thing but like i think it was uncomfortable to watch just because of the frustration on her face it was like she was stuck in a situation and she couldn't do anything about it and that's what it looked like on her face anyway. Like, you know, you know, when you just watch somebody and you're watching them and they, they're stuck in that moment and all they have to do is just deal with it. And you think, oh, I wish I could help them. That's what it felt like. She had that little bit of a tantrum moment. I don't know if anybody else has noticed this, like where the old crowd round her, I think it's towards the end of emotions. And she just thought, so it looks like she's going to throw the microphone outwards, but she just doesn't. She ends up just throwing her arm and pulls her arm back in. And then she said something about like, it doesn't get any better or something like that, whatever she says. And then I thought, it was a little bit petty in ways like that. She could have just said, just said, doesn't get any better than whatever she said. She, that was all fine considering the circumstances. Although I know it was obvious that she wasn't singing live for the majority of it. When we got to um, emotions, we then kind of realized that she probably did have the same problem during Old Lang Syne. But I kind of thought Old Lang Syne might have been a little bit live, but I don't know when the earpiece came out. But what I don't get is why didn't anybody, just one person, try and help her put one back in at least? Because they were both there hanging. Down no, the ears were not working, I don't think. So that's why she took them out to try to hear something else. Oh, really? Like, oh, yeah, girl. Because this, oh, honey, this performance was, it was not it at all. Because I'm going to be real, nothing that was saying like that sounded good 
came from her because it was all pre-recorded. Like the whistles, the odd, all of Odd Lang Syne was pre-recorded, you could mm-hmm. tell. Because when she was singing it, her whole entire body was moving to something different. It was just something, <laughs> it was something else. And I felt so bad for her in that moment. So I think she was trying to take the earpiece out so she could try to hear from like the reverb or something else. But I think that was making it not. No. in time either and I mean, also i think when you watch the original footage every time she like tries to signal to her mic pack on her back or like turn around and show it i feel like they try to like they try to hide her the shots of her where she's like trying to show the audience that her mic pack and her ears are not working and so when you're watching this on the live or on the dick clark production version you can't you can't make out what's wrong as easily because she takes that earpiece out real quick honey and you cannot that's like the only shot you see of of it but when you see the fan video and everything else there's so many moments of her like turning around and like poking out her like shoulder to show her her mic pack isn't working and it just it i know she she said that there was a cup, there was like a conspiracy to fuck with her shit. But it's just interesting that shit wasn't working and they were like hiding shots of her trying to explain what wasn't working. Cause she was, she was saying things like, get these monitors on, get this shit working, bitch. And like still after the performance, people didn't fucking understand what, what happened. They were just like, oh, she's drunk. She's a mess. She doesn't know her songs. What are you talking about? But no, I don't think you made, that. You made a really good point because I think the real true video from this is from the fan video from the audience where they said at the end, what the hell just happened? Because you can, I've had some um, performance experience when I marched drum corps uh, being in like a stadium, you can hear the sound bouncing and from the the reverb off of the walls and back. So you can really tell that it's it's kind of hard if you don't have a conductor in front of you or somebody keeping time. You really don't know what's going on. So the sound just is bouncing back. And yes, in in that fan video, you can see her turning around several times. So Mariah quickly blamed Dick Clark Productions and says that she was set up, sabotaged, and victimized for ratings. How do we feel on that? Like I said, I don't know if that's true or not, but I think it's real funny that in the fan-made video, she's turning around way more, and you can see the mic pack isn't working, and the sound is clearly fucked up in the fan-made video. You can hear that in the We Belong Together part especially, the vocal is everywhere. It's so, it's a mess. Like, the sound is weird. And even if she was lip syncing to it, it wouldn't have sounded right. So I think that's what Mariah was like, fuck this. Like, it just sounds a mess when she stopped lip syncing to it. And I think that the Dick Clark Productions, they had the crisp sound, everything, you know, they don't have the real, I don't even know how to explain it, you guys. But it makes Mariah look worse. I think what they did I think it made Mariah look worse. I don't want to say that they that they sabotaged the whole performance. Their angles of Mariah made it look really bad. They didn't really explain what happened to anyone. And I think that made that look really bad. And at the end of the performance, no one was like, well, obviously that was a little interesting. Like, let's explain what's going on. Nothing helped. Nothing that they did helped. I don't think that they completely sabotaged her. I don't know. But let me know what you guys think. I don't know. There's an element of something where that nobody went to deal with it. You know, there's been plenty of performances. Um, it doesn't happen a lot because people do go to sound checks and people do rehearse and whatnot, whatever. But like, I do feel that you know when people can stop and start a performance again. Why didn't they just go in and help her? I mean, they probably didn't realize because of the the lip syncing of the old Lang Syne until afterwards. But why, for the countdown, the introduction, was there no sort of like communication? Like, I can't hear anything. Surely there's that sort of part where you put the ears in and you start to hear what comes through and you can hear what's going on why was no one's attention brought to it and why did no one at least jump in and help her when the problems were occurring you know people when you see them on 
tour and whatnot, if if anybody, and again, this doesn't happen very often, but when they run out of battery, they get swapped over. There's always somebody there. And I don't get why there was nobody on hand to help fix this situation. I do that's, feel- That's a good point because every other time shit gets fixed or she turns into a cute moment for a few minutes and she sings something cute and then things get fixed within like five minutes. This is like a seven minute performance and nothing is happening. The rumor was, is that Mariah brought it to their attention right before they went on stage, but there was not a time enough time left. So they kind of pushed her out there. I don't understand why they wouldn't just go to a commercial break real quick, fix the issue, and then come back. I think that the commercial breaks are set at a lot of times because she was the big name. And we'll talk about this more when we bring her like we said when we talked about the 2005 performance this was right before the ball was going to drop so everything is set where it's got to be so i don't think they can just switch around the schedule yeah because on the timestamp on the video it says 11:41 i can see where there would be a lot of time constraint with that and it is live tv but there was just a lot of back and forth going on with mariah blaming them and them blaming mariah their official statement was <clears throat> As the premier producer of live television events for nearly 50 years, we pride ourselves on our reputation and longstanding relationships with artists to suggest that Dick Clark Productions, as producers of music shows, including um, the American Music Awards, Billboard Music Awards, New Year's Rock and Eve, and the Academy of Country Music Awards, whatever intentionally compromises the success of any artist is defamatory, outrageous, and frankly absurd. Also, like, <laughs> she said, yeah, it's crazy. She said, bitch, that's defamation. <laughs> yeah. They're like, keep on playing, keep on playing. But right after this happened, Mariah kind of disappeared for a minute. And I understand why she did. And all we were getting were statements from Stella. Well, I think that Stella might have been behind some of it. Why, why wasn't there a sound check? Why did no one help? Why didn't she as the manager, why wasn't she poking somebody to go and help, like, at least? And then the, the whoever's in charge of that could have then taken the necessary steps, whether it is a commercial, whether it is like, okay, hang on a second, this is live TV, blah, 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 and all that spiel, fix her up with a brand new pack, get going again, you know? I mean, parts of the damage was already done. We knew that some of the song and then eventually most of the performance wasn't live but you know it's cold i'm sure it's not that cold on stage i don't know it is an open stage but there's still loads of lights on her i don't know but like she was still willing to sing some of it live from you know what we what we are led to believe and she probably would have sang parts over the top of we belong together i don't know we'll never know but like at least there was a an attempt that was gonna be there it was just bad luck. Okay, one, do you guys think Stella sabotaged it? And two, do you think Mariah was in on it? I don't. I don't think no. either one. I think that this was just a, a bad series of coincidences that just happened because, number one, Mariah wasn't really prepared for it and didn't think that anything would go wrong. And two, that they, sh like Gara said earlier, that they should have just changed out her uh, mic and battery and tested that before just even putting her on stage. I think it's because Mariah from Jump just started panicking immediately and really just gave up. And it just, it all just kind of snowballed from there. I don't know, I guess I am putting the blame on Dick Clark Productions because I am a little bit biased, but if you kind of, add up all the receipts it really does point at them and puts them at fault for what happened in my eyes do you think she'd be able to sue them then on what grounds i don't know i just don't you feel like this has had a huge effect on her career ever since i feel like I, it, it was a series of events yeah i think that like we were talking about in the intro of our episode that all press is good press. So I think this brought a lot of attention to Mariah. I think it made the Lamely stronger to rally behind Mariah. So I don't, I think it really just, even if it was bad, still put her name out there, still made her relevant, even though it was 
really terrible, it still helped her in my eyes. Yeah, because if that performance was amazing, nobody would have talked about it. Exactly. So uh, with all the attention that this uh, performance got, either way, it, it put money in her pocket. Okay, I, yeah. And I think after that performance, the sales for We Belong Together went up like a crazy amount. Oh, it was, I think it was trending like the next day or something. And then ultimately I became a lamb because of it, because I was scared that she fucking died or something. So I was like, well, I got to keep up with this girl and make sure she's okay. So. Yeah. I would really like to see the streaming analytics of it after that performance of what her music did, because Mariah probably made a lot of money just even for how bad it was. She probably made a lot of money from just that. Oh and shit, this you is- guys. We're missing a whole entire performance. There's another New Year's Eve performance. What are you talking about? There's the one where she does the art of letting go and all of the medley. That's not in Times Square, though. Oh. But yeah, it is in New Year's Eve. Is that on the same show? Mm-hmm. I don't remember this one. Yeah, I don't think I've seen it, to be honest. She's wearing like a, almost like a disco ball, glitter ball kind of style dress. Is she wearing a white coat? No. No, and her hair's um, straight. So yeah, so... I guess we're done with that, unless anybody else has anything to say about that one. Okay, so off the back of the year that was, she did return to redeem herself and also redeem her relationship with uh, Dick Clark and that whole gang that was uh, running the show. And she did put on a show for 2017 New Year's Eve. I don't know if it still had the same... Does it even still have the same name? Is it still Dick Clark? I don't know. But like, and she did return to knock it out the park. I don't I don't know how you guys feel about it, but like, I'm glad she returned. It was a bit of a triumphant moment. She did look spectacular. However, I do feel like the songs could have been a bit more punchy and memorable just because she picked some like strong message sort of songs and like really well-known songs amongst her fans and whatnot. I don't feel that they really hit the mark with the younger generations who probably don't know who she is or don't know too much about her music. I think that maybe We Belong Together could have been in there, I don't know, instead of what or as well as, I don't know. But there could have been like a little bit of an upbeat moment. I don't know, maybe a heartbreaker moment. Some Just something a bit more fun to sort of bridge the two songs. Heartbreaker would have been cute. I think what she was trying to do was make a point saying, going back to what Gia said at the beginning of the podcast, she wanted to make a point to be like, yes, I am singing this live. I wish she would have added at least one more song because she only sang two songs, The Vision of Love and Hero. She was also kind of on that like legacy part where she was doing the, are about to do the Vegas residency. So she was always singing her early hits but i think that she calculated that to be like hey i'm still here and i can still sing and i'm gonna do this live yeah i think the whole thing that everyone was talking shit about was basically oh you can't sing anymore so her thing was like okay well i guess i'm gonna sing now that was that was that was cute that was cute but she tricked us in the beginning when she because she opened it up with vision of love And I thought she was going to lose it because there was a pause right before the climax at the end. I think that she said, you treated me. (laughs) Yeah, there was this like really awkward pause. I think that they did that on purpose to kind of psych us out and think that, oh, something is about to go wrong. And then she just it was right before the climax and she slayed it. She also played up the whole like this, this. She says, like, this is a disaster. When she's like, can I get my tea? Where's my tea, girl? Yeah, because after Vision of Love, this is what created that hot tea meme by Mariah saying, I thought there would be tea. It's a disaster. Okay, well, I guess we'll just have to rough it out with no hot tea. Just like everybody else. Can't remember exact words now. Yeah, yeah. She said just like everybody else. I want to add, though, too, she looked really nervous while she was doing this. A lot more nervous than she looked during the 2016 performance (laughs) she looked a little like i can't fuck this up kind of look on her face i think with the 2016 one like the damage was already done it's like we just gotta ride it out but then with this one it was probably like stand in one place don't move too much my earpieces can't come out this has gotta 
sound like I've still got it, but like she was probably waiting for something to happen. She was probably like listening to everything as much as she possibly could, taking her time. That's probably why they were really slow songs. And she just probably wanted it to go as smooth as it could possibly go without any kind of fuck ups. I think that this shit was planned from the fucking start. Like it got ratings. It got so many fucking ratings. It was the perfect storybook beginning and end like oh my gosh this performance was terrible mariah comes back and slays it like it was very much like generated for the headline i don't know if the first one was planned or not but it was a good idea to bring her back so was this a conspiracy gia i don't think so i don't think so but after i think that after it happened they were like well we gotta get her back and have her redo it I think it was perfect that she came back. I don't think that it was on purpose the year before. I don't. I don't think Mariah would put herself through that professionally. After coming off of the Rockefeller All I Want for Christmas is You, that Mariah would do that again. I don't think that she would. Those are like her most famous performances now. I don't think she would do that because Mariah's a very serious kind of artist. I don't think that she would. I just don't think I could I I could be totally wrong, but I I don't see the point of her doing that to sabotage her own self just to get ratings because Mariah really isn't ever like that. And you can never be too sure if there's a plan to turn it all around, if that's even going to take because people could have been like, yeah, all right, whatever. Well, last year you sounded like this and you weren't even trying, you know, you didn't even try, you know, it could have fell flat on its ass, basically. And she'd already kicked off her Vegas moment few years prior and leading up to 2016 so in order to have that in place off something so spectacular that had pretty much worked for Celine Dion and loads of other people like why would she sacrifice not only that but also things about her and Karina they've said before like oh she doesn't sing live she can't sing like that properly that was way back and she she sort of knocked that out the park and I just don't think she'd risk it I can see why you think that, Gia, because it really is a incredible story arc with what happened because it goes through uh, 2005 with it opening and being a legendary, iconic moment in TV history to the 2016 where it was disastrous and then to 2017 where she ends with her most known song, Singing Hero, and everything is good in the world again. So I can kind it's of see... It's very storybook, you know? It is very storybook, but I don't think that she did it on purpose. But it is a cool moment in her career. Looking back now... Yep, and it's it when is. I became a lamb. And it puts the, it puts her name out there for people who didn't know who she was during that time because people know that performance. Girl, that is that performance, honey. <laughs> that that performance is <laughs> that performance <laughs> is that performance, girl. <laughs> Ryan Seacrest made sure that he praised Mariah, saying that it isn't easy to sing in frigid temperatures like this, but basically Mariah slayed. So I, I feel like he had to get out there and kind of mend his relationship with Mariah a little bit. And That's because then- something these bitches don't give any fucking singers any fucking credit who sing live. It's cold as fuck, and no one wants to do that. Like, no one wants to fucking sing outside, bitch, when it's freezing. Are you kidding me? I don't even want to stand outside when it's that cold. For real. I don't want to be the fuck outside, girl. I want to be in bed in my fucking blankets, cozied up next to my fucking Zoa, girl. I don't want to be outside in this frigid fucking ass snow. And Mariah's barely even wearing any fucking clothes. Oh, and it was the coldest winter that year it was like literally wasn't it the polar vortex or something i don't maybe that was the year after that 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 winter there it was like i don't know it was either like there was a polar vortex or it was like colder than it was on fucking mars or it was colder than it had been in like 20 <laughs> cold on mars <laughs> no that's just, no one year in michigan it was like 30 degrees colder than it was on mars it was so weird yeah uh, ryan ryan seacrest did say that it was record lows that year in in times square so yeah yeah so these bitches need to like lay off Mariah. If she's lip syncing, it's because she needed to. If Mariah's lip syncing, the bitch has paid her dues. 90% of art- artists lip sync. You can't really sing like that all the time live. It is what it is. 
The thing that annoyed me the most about that, though, and I know we've all got our opinions about whether it was sabotaged or not, and et cetera, et cetera, conspiracies, but, like, the thing that does continue, because it is what it is, it happened, but the thing that bothers me the most, looking back especially, is when you see people like Jenny McCarthy had said on, I think it's a radio show or something afterwards, saying, why is Mariah, I, I'm not quoting her, but she'd said something like, Mariah, why is Mariah singing emotion? She hasn't got those vocals anymore. She can't do the emotion vocals anymore. Like, okay, well, Jenny McCarthy can sit the fuck down with her anti-vaxxer ass. <laughs> I don't know too much about her, but like, I just think that you're not, in a position to, I mean, as a spectator, I guess, but like, she's, what is she? Like, is she a model television presenter or something? She's like, like the original anti-vaxxer. I have her. She's married to one of the 95 degrees guys. And then oh she's God. like the OG anti-vaxxer. 95, 98 degrees. Is she married to a 98 <laughs> degrees member? Yeah. I didn't know that. I or have wait, her exact Either quote. 98 degrees are in sync. I'm sorry. I have her exact quote right here. She said, I think Mariah was nervous as hell. I think she chose really tough songs to try to sing along with. I think emotions, that song, her voice is not there anymore. I don't believe there was a problem with her inner ears. I just don't. I think she used it as an excuse. I do understand her egos, of course, want to blame everyone but itself for mistakes. Let me tell you something. If Dick Clark were alive today, I guarantee he would be on air right now fighting back. He's not, so I'm going to. Bitch, who are you? Jenny McCarthy has one of the most annoying voices in the world. Like, it's so, like, piercing and so, like, I don't know. It's the kind of thing that you can imagine, like, someone just, like, bopping her in the face for. It's so And, bitch, irritating. do you sing? Like, how the fuck does she know if the ear monitor is on or not? Like, you can guarantee it's on? Like, who are you, bitch? Like, does she, she had sing? This show. She had this show back in the 90s called Singled Out. I don't know if y'all remember oh that. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> yeah, I just opened up a little section of your brain. But that's the only thing that I remember her from. I And then she was like a Playboy that. model or something. But who is she? Does, oh, who is she now? Does she have like a Series XM show or something? I don't know. I think that that quote was taken from a radio show. I think she's presented. No, it was on TV. I remember oh. seeing this bitch's long ass face talking about Mariah with her <laughs> blonde hair. I remember. Another one as well, like Melanie B. I kind of get it a little bit more because it's coming from somebody who has been in the industry of singing. But at the same time, because I, I would have respected it more coming from somebody who is in the music industry. Someone like Simon, well, probably not so much Simon Gale, because he would have just gone straight for the jugular and tried to be as harsh as he possibly can just to get in on the same kind of, you know, traffic of people going towards it. But I do feel like that's what Jenny McCarthy was doing. And I do feel that's a little bit what Mel B was doing. But Mel B comes from a place of singing. So Mel B said, maybe she just doesn't have that voice anymore. I hate to say it. I think maybe she was having a rough day vocally and didn't even want to attempt that when it actually came to singing live because some of the track was pre-recorded. All of the high notes and some of it was just blank for her to sing live. And I'm pretty sure... Okay, well, Mel B can sit the fuck down too because that bitch can't sing either. I mean, she's got... She can hold some kind of tune. She does not have like, that Mariah. No. She does not have... She does not have that. And I'm pretty her sure... Is, her thing is something different, bitch. And I'm pretty sure back in the day, <laughs> not one of the Spice Girls had a hot mic when they were singing quote-unquote live. None of the Spice Girls, all, all of their things are something different. <laughs> we, yeah, they are something. This is coming from a girl group member, okay? Yeah. That'd be like somebody from 98 Degrees coming out and saying something. Literally, or these bitches want to say Mariah's voice isn't where it is because that's something that gets headlines because Mariah is the voice. So if her voice wasn't there, that's dramatic. That's crazy. That's a lot. If you, if you think that she's not doing a good job, why don't you get up there and do it? Exactly. There's a reason why there's people like Melanie B not in music anymore, you know? And, and I'm a Spice Girls fan. It's no, but honey, the Spice Girls, you know their thing is something different. It's just <laughs> not. There is a difference between between them as background singers and Mariah Carey as a lead singer. But, you know, obviously these people are saying stuff like, oh, she, she doesn't sing that song the same anymore. She doesn't have that voice. Like, 
people's voices change as they get older. Like, it does happen. It's, there's no denying that. But she's still, she, it's not like a whole thing of Whitney Houston when she went on a comeback tour, you know, and it sounded like she was smoking, like, two packets of cigarettes a day. It's not like that. It's, it's still the same voice. It's just of a different time in our life. Like, if you put a 20-something-year-old woman or maybe even a 30-year-old person, man or woman, or a 30-something-year-old on the stage, they would just brave it. They would just brave it. But, like, with somebody with a voice like Mariah or Whitney or whatever, they would probably have done exactly the same thing, you know, in their heyday. They probably... Oh my God, you just reminded me how Wendy went to bat for her when probably one of the only times she was like defending her was this performance when she was like, what if her fucking voice wasn't in the right place? What if the air wasn't right? Her voice is special. Mariah is something special. It's one of those things though, what I said at the beginning of the episode, like they will always, always, always beat her down about something. And then yet there's other artists that have similar things, but then it gets ignored. Like, like I said, the Whitney Houston comeback tour, like, yeah, people did ridicule it, but it's fast forgotten about. Whereas I think that certain elements, if you talk about Mariah Carey, to people that don't know too much about Mariah Carey, they will bring up this performance. It's a lame form of ammunition. In my opinion, I do think this is kind of like on the back burner for Lambs now. It's not really a huge thing. Obviously, it's still there, but it's not something that we all gravitate towards. But people that don't know... What? The New Year's Eve performance. It's just... Well, yeah. You hear stuff like... Even Amy Winehouse. I remember there's this quote about Amy Winehouse. Mark Ronson suggested, I don't have any quote, but like Mark Ronson suggested adding a harp to one of the songs on Back to Black. And I don't know how that would have sounded. I don't know. There's no, I don't think there's a demo of it or anything, but apparently she bit back and said, I'm not Mariah Carey. Why would I have that? Like, have you ever heard a harp on a Mariah Carey song? Like there's these such redundant comments towards her and the people saying, oh, she just shouts or she sounds like this, that, the other. And it's like, she doesn't sound like that. It, I, I'm going on a tangent now, but it really angers me. And I think it's part of because when I was listening to her as a kid and her constantly being turned off and having the comments and stuff, and then you hear these comments from people who aren't in the know as you get older. And then when things like this happen and you hear people like just holding on to that, and it's just like, that was like fucking forever ago. And no, she doesn't sing like that. No, she never sang that song. That's not even her. You know, all these things, it pisses me off. There's a lot of really weird directed hate towards Mariah, and I've never really understand it. Maybe it's her persona. It's the Mandela are... effect, you guys, I swear. How is that the Mandela effect? Because, like, people didn't used to fucking hate her. And then ever since... <laughs> Ever since. That's not, what the, that's not what the Mandela effect means. Yes, because now everyone hates her. No, the Mandela effect is something where you thought it was something... And you were, you made up in your mind that you knew it was that, but then it wasn't that. Yeah, I thought everybody loved Mariah and now everyone hates her. It's always been that way with Mariah, except for 2005. Even the haters love Mariah. But that, that's a, that is correct. I think I've said it the whole time that we've been like doing this over the last two years. And, you know, I, I just feel like, especially over here, I don't know if you, it's the same in the US. I feel, I feel in the UK, like in the US, she's bigger and she's more respected. But over here, it's kind of like people focus on embarrassment that's not actually there, as well as particular moments that are there. But like, people say these things. Her singles don't do too well over here, as we all know, because she only had like a few number one hit singles over here. But she's had a lot of top 10 singles over here her albums always have well obviously there's a few that haven't but like the majority of her albums have always done really well over here so when people say they're not a mariah carey fan i'm just like where like there's so many people that are yet people aren't as forward about it over here in the in the majority but when people like the thing that i'm trying to say is that when people say they don't just say i don't like mariah carey or I'm not a Mariah Carey fan, they'll go into it. Like, yeah. I hate her because of they'll this. They'll be like, I hate that bitch, that fucking evil diva woman, fuck her. Oh, yeah. I don't, they'll be like evil about it. Evil, evil, it, evil. Yeah, 
it's not like I don't like her songs. It's more like, fuck her. Fuck this shit. She's crazy. She's this. She's that. Okay. <sighs> Sit down, child. Literally. And and it's been like that ever since I was a lamb, but especially around this era. It's been like I'll that bring up- ever since. It's always been like that. It's it's always been it's like so, it's so weird like that that though because I'll bring up her name and I'm being positive and these bitches <laughs> these bitches will be like I hate Mariah Carey fuck her and it's just so angry about it too <laughs> yeah I don't I really just don't get it it's like it's cool to hate Mariah it's weird so what out of these three performances which one is y'all's favorite two thousand five. The ratchet one. I think the ratchet one too. I think just because it's so iconic now. I mean, I love 2005, but it's all perfect. It's like a little perfect Christmas gift. It's very with perfect. A little yeah, it is. But I, I've always said this. I love a messy Mariah moment. In yeah. the moment, <laughs> in the moment, I wasn't loving it, and I was just like, "Gosh, I have to defend Mariah." And just like you said, Gia, my phone was blowing up as well. I was getting all these social media. Uh, I literally hits. thought she died, or someone in my family died. And then yeah, once exactly. everyone was sending me shit about Mariah, I thought she fucking died. So that's when I was like, "Well, I am. I got to pay attention to her now." I didn't know what a lamb was until much later, but for me, that's the moment when I was when I crossed over and became a lamb so yeah that was our episode yes make sure to like comment and subscribe follow us on instagram at the obsessed podcast follow our tiktok twitter all of that all of the socials don't forget to rate and review and subscribe to our podcast thanks you guys we'll see you next time thank you for listening bye-bye thank you Thank you.